With so many different platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and their purposes evolving daily, navigating social media can be, well, complicated. Welcome to the Social Media Sucks Podcast from Cupco. Social media. Social media. Social media. Social media. Really sucks. Where we unpack the latest trends and help remove the suck from social media. Welcome back, guys, to the Social Media Sucks Podcast. Long time no see, but we're back stronger than ever. And today we have Miguel Thompson doing marketing at Soundbox. And uh, we're so happy to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and thank al- you. As always, Chris. I'm Carbonus. always here. Yeah, Chris Carbonus. I say that with excitement. I'm your sidekick. I have to be here. <laughs> no, you're the anchor, actually. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> yes. I don't know about that. I think that's... I'm just uh, swimming yeah. out there. Okay, <laughs> okay. good. <laughs> so, um, nice to have you. Yeah, Can you tell coming. us a little bit about your role at Soundbox and a bit about yourself? Of course. Yeah, my name is Miguel. I'm 27 years old, live in Copenhagen. Uh, I lived here for, yeah, basically more or less since I joined Soundbox in 2015. Right. Went to high school with the guys who started it, uh, built speakers with them at high school. Went out, gave your traveling. They, in the meantime, founded Soundbox. As for a job, when I came back, they offered <laughs> me a job building speakers, and then uh, great idea. I love that. Showed a lot of uh, like managerial uh, potential. Mm. No, I just uh, <laughs> yeah. I asked for an office job after. Yeah. They agreed to uh, to keep me around. Great. And nice. I've, uh, been there ever since, and today I do. Uh, yeah, I'm on the communications team, brand mm-hmm. comms team. Yeah. So I do everything from uh, from like brand partnerships um, to uh, social media marketing yeah. as well. Cool. Um, right now we have Sina uh, on our team who's actually leading the day-to-day Somi, but uh, that's what I've been doing for the past two three years. Okay, so, great. Uh, yeah. But cool. it's great that your role also just kind of evolves during it's your really lifetime at Soundbox. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed my, my Somi days, but I also enjoy the post-Somi era of my uh, professional career yeah What's so you've like? taken it up a little bit higher like helicopter view on a lot of the marketing activities and yeah a little yeah, bit okay, i great. think i mean we basically went from i think we were two three marketing guys back in in Silkegade when we had like this apartment looking office and i think we were 10 people back then we were all doing everything which yeah. i mean i guess it's you, you, you do in your startup right yeah, yeah cool slowly just yeah. take mm-hmm. one thing off yeah. at a time you guys have definitely taken off right like the the journey's been quite uh, interesting to watch at least uh on our side of the table mm-hmm. as well like seeing also how the marketing has progressed and all the stuff sorry that's me <laughs> my stomach um and then um seeing how also you guys have really sort of have a voice on social at least and that's that's quite interesting i think that a lot of brands would are a little envious maybe of, of what you guys have achieved and sort of been able to carve out for yourselves so that's yeah. quite quite cool yeah how are you in general using your social media i know it's a probably progressed a lot but for now how how do you use it how do you utilize social media how do you use your platforms I mean, it's really, I, I guess, as with any other company, our size like very multifaceted. Obviously, I've like been in the own side of all of our social media efforts, and then we have a full digital uh, paid media team and e-com team that like are are driving everything that makes us able to not having to worry too much about that part, um, which gives us a lot of free time to just build brand equity, essentially, and like uh, grow the brand, grow the awareness. Um, what we use mostly is, is TikTok uh, and Instagram. Um, yeah. mm. I think especially Instagram has been the main focus for the past four years. I think we sat down and said, okay, we've done this Facebook thing, but we can see 
you know potential we can see potential in instagram and that's really where we can build a brand yeah. i think it was around the time when the algorithms changed quite a bit as well and like mm. we just couldn't keep doing the thing that we were doing at that time and then yeah dove right into instagram yeah. and yeah, have been exploring yeah. that and growing that ever since that's good tell me a little bit about then the tradition front or that the, tr the transition but like also adding TikTok to the mix because I think that's also a lot of brands like we're doing you know a lot of TikTok these days and I think a lot of brands are sort of seeing the light you guys are probably one of the first like at least in the Denmark space to like really say okay we're going to jump on TikTok and really do something there how was the consideration to do that was it a large discussion or was it very much like of course or give me a little background on that I mean <clears throat> I think in the beginning of building the brain on social media we were like really conscious of not taking on too much mm. so i think we've always been biased to like to stick to one thing at a time right. uh, but obviously growing up maturing the brand and like getting more capacity more resources i think we've we've had to uh, to adapt a little bit and and i think it it definitely took quite some convincing okay. to get started on tiktok okay. yeah yeah we had uh, was that because maybe the target audience was still too young or was it like also the workload i guess like how would you guys manage it i mean i think really was i mean yeah i think the workload was like the concern a yeah. bit but also obviously there are some tiktok biases that i think yeah. yeah i mean we see from the people we talked about tiktok as well we see it internally in the team still yeah like anyone who's unfamiliar with the platform and who's been on the platform and spent time there and like been hooked mm. uh, don't see the the opportunities and and like the diversity of content there mm -hmm. which i think was really the i spoke to a guy from like a journaling app company uh, got set up by one of my colleagues and he just yeah i mean really sold tiktok and, and more or less like forced me mm. to, uh, to, to jump, jump yeah. in and i uh, yeah got hooked and yeah. saw the potential and also saw that like obviously being a speaker brand yeah, music brand it's mm. i mean it makes sense it's a huge win-win i mean in terms of you know, social, it's really, it's only YouTube and TikTok that are kind of sound on to start, right? right. Like maybe Snapchat as well, but, but so it's, it actually fits really well with, I think, like you said, the, the brand that you guys have and the product that you sell. Right. So I think that's also, and, and I also think that a lot of brands are recognizing that, okay, we're spending a ton of money on social content where there is sound and we're kind of forced to do subtitles and all this kind of stuff and, and sort of make our way around it for these other platforms. Why aren't we just, you know, using the content that we have that has these abilities mm -hmm. on the TikTok platform. So I think that's, uh, that's quite cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Also for Instagram and TikTok, obviously they have a really powerful sense of community of, uh, creating these kind of communities and i think that's also a huge win for you guys since you're really all your content and initiative really are focused on building communities can you uh, speak a little bit into that of how you engage your communities online yeah definitely um i mean what we do right now is, is actually quite different from from what we've done in the past i think i mean obviously we've been through different stages of how we perceived a brand and how we you know strategized implementing our idea of a brand and i think it, it, it's gone from really like us trying to drive a certain lifestyle a certain like aspiration mm. from like our in-house team and our you know select few partners and i think that the realization we made is one that we don't want to 
dictate you know the lifestyle of our consumers it's a fairly multifaceted product so so we need to really diversify that and see our product more so as a blank canvas and maybe our brand and our platforms as a blank canvas and yeah, i think so you're not like trying to like tell everybody okay you need to be this hippie beach going something something <laughs> right you can use soundbox like if you're this person or that person or like a diversification sort of thing right, right? yeah okay, exactly. that's yeah. interesting yeah and i think that i mean it's obviously a terrifying realization when you've like been able to just communicate one thing or like one narrative around your brand and then realizing okay we actually have a thousand use cases and a yeah. thousand different ways that we can go mm. i think the, the way we've approached it is is that we've established these um, brain experience partnership teams mm. who locally work with agencies um, that that have a really strong footing in different subcultures right. And then our sort of level of curation yeah. is the subcultures. And then Makes we sense. basically brief out to agencies. They bring us ambassadors, we call them hosts. And then we make sure it's people who like have an everyday life mm. or uh, an interest mm. within a subculture where they can activate the product. Yeah. And that's the meat of everything that we do. Yeah, I think it's a super smart tactic. And I think as we, as we see this sort of like marketing landscape changing to be about diversity and we can see that like there's a lot of discussion about how brands can get different voices in different perspectives in and i think a lot of them will start to adopt this style that you're thinking about or have successfully done which is basically tapping into these subcultures finding the right ambassadors in those subcultures because they are you know those are the natives within that tribe right then we should be using them and not trying to like you know, I say infiltrate the tribe, you're basically saying like, we are part of this group as well. Mm. So I think it's a very smart tactic and you're gonna see this play out probably even in corporate cultures, like, right. you know, like, you know, Fortune 500 companies, oil companies, uh, you know, boring accounting firms, whatever it is on their marketing side, bringing in these different sort of subcultures yeah. and genres. Yeah. So it's very cool, very cool. I agree, I mean, I think it's the first time we've really found, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's a fairly expensive product we're selling ultimately. So, I mean, we, we, we looked into this whole idea of like influence marketing and micro influences and like basically the game plan you get served when you talk to agencies in the, yeah. in the startup phase of your business. And we're like, right. this just does not apply to us in any way. Right. And, and, and have always been looking for this, let's say fairly unscalable thing and like how could we do that at scale yeah and i think especially leaving behind a little bit of the the pride that you take in in-housing everything mm. which we did um and actually partnering with agencies who then come with this cultural capital and the like the the entries right. into all these subcultures okay. it's just a yeah. whole new world for us yeah so uh brands if you're listening <laughs> agencies are good yeah <laughs> we can help you i swear <laughs> not all of us are evil yes this is not sponsored <laughs> <laughs> we didn't pay him to say no. this i swear there's no some bucks in the back <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly no it would be the other way we're paying him yeah. to say these things yeah but that's good to hear uh, a lot of brands i mean there's always the in-house outhouse model like and i think it's always a common combination of the two that works the best like right. you have to have a really strong internal team specifically on social because it it isn't you know i made a post the other day on instagram which was like i saw a job posting for a social media manager and it was like hey we want a social media manager that is you know really great at project management super creative good at creating content video editing knows their way around paid media can teach the rest of our teams how to do this right. and is also good at community management and i'm like that's five people 
you are hiring one person for a five person job you're crazy and so i think that you know you do need to have that big team or not big team but you need to have a solid team internally to take all these things because if you're going to outsource that entire thing you'd be broke you'd be spending all your money at agencies so and that doesn't make sense either so i do believe it's a it's a combination so definitely Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Have you seen any like sig- significant changes in the community? I, I mean, you've been with Soundbox for quite a few years now, and you know the digital space has evolved. And I could imagine you ha- you have also, but I could also imagine like your followers, your community also kind kind of changed. Yeah, for sure. Your I audience. Think, uh, yeah, our audience has changed. Our approach has changed, and I think it's. Again, back to like our own perception of the brand and like us trying to force a narrative. I think like we try to find the people within our customer base, like our product community and, and try to enforce this lifestyle. And I think the big realization for us is really like, yes, we have a product community and that started way back in the Kickstarter days. They started Facebook groups like per country and yeah. have like a really strong, you know, there are moderators, there are people like who give solid advice and actually do, you know, community support for us. Um, and, and that was really good. And we we always in the beginning thought of those communities as like our community strategy, essentially. But I think the big realization is is back to the yeah the, the sandbox host is, is that we were more so a, in a lifestyle sense. I, I would call it a community of communities mm. and we don't have to bring everyone together on one platform. I mean, we have a physical product that manifests, manifests, or manifests itself in the real world. Um, and, and, and those are the communities that we're building essentially. And we can mm. obviously highlight that on social, but but the community is not as much an online community anymore. Mm-mm. It's a real world, authentic mm. community of communities, mm. which I think is really the the big change for us. And, mm-hmm. and, and then our platforms change from community management to yeah. Whether it's guess, TikTok like, or Instagram yeah, or collecting whatever. everything that's happening in the real world and, and showing it, which yeah. is then the easy part, I think. Yeah, that's We've right. We've made our yeah. the, the job for our Zomi team extremely yeah. easy. Yeah, in some ways, like because you do have, I mean, it's an attractive product. It's a visual, like you can clearly see when it's a Soundbox product versus right. everyone else. So it has its own look and feel. And it's also, I think people want to take photos with it. It's a weird sort of thing. like. Yeah. <laughs> It, it feels like it's not like like nobody's over there. Like no no offense to our speaker, and uh, but when I bought it, people are like, "Why the hell didn't you buy a soundbox?" Mm. And I'm like, "I don't know. It was a bad decision. Okay, I should have bought a soundbox because then people will actually take pictures of it. <laughs> it's like a piece of furniture in some ways. Like yeah, it, it has is, this I think. it has this sort of iconic." sensibility to it so it generates social content yeah. in itself right. the product which is i think interesting i think also that kind of influences individuals you also use and post on your social media like you use it like uh decoration it is people in actual situations in a certain kind of lifestyle where you see that manifest in real life so you kind of also imagine and picture yourself standing around it in in right. the living room in a festival whatever situation right yeah yeah, I agree. And I mean, one thing that we've done very consciously is also tailor the product design in a way that you can actually customize it, which then adds a new layer. I yeah, mean, I, I think for us, it's probably been the biggest UGC driver is the people being able to put their own artwork on it yeah, and, and really cool. back to this idea of a canvas. Yeah. 
I think that's yeah, and that's the fact cool. that you can sit on it, obviously. I yeah, think. that makes a, when you can sit on things, it's, it's always good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we name ourselves the number one Bluetooth speaker you can sit on every single year. Yeah, and we've done it for four years now. I hope it's, yeah, it catches good. on. Uh, yeah, we need some competition. In that yeah, field. yeah. The, somebody should make more speakers that you can sit on. Mm. Actual seats on them. <laughs> No. Maybe Kurt will not be doing agency work anymore. No, I'll be competing <laughs> with you guys. Yes. <laughs> Makes seat speakers. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I actually want to know you guys. Um, maybe you can ping pong about this. Actually, like, uh, where do you think uh, there's most potential in uh, what's what's the opportunity you see in the platform to use, and where do you wish you would expand a little or explore a little bit more, maybe like uh, as a brand. I think for us, and not that we haven't cracked. I mean, obviously, TikTok is early stages. I think it's looking very promising, and, and we haven't started the paid side of things, which is also going to be very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But but for us, uh, or, and for me personally, YouTube is really the the tough one to crack. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think we. I mean, we have great video content done by our creative team. We roll out campaigns paid yeah. on YouTube, but like the YouTube organic is pretty elusive for most brands. Yeah, I think it's um, because it's been so dominated by influencers right? right like it's hard to to tap into that but i mean like using influencer marketing of course like you know going to the some of the biggest channels that would have your guys's influencer or our audience rather and really sponsoring them and i'm sure you've done some of that but i mean there's there's a ton of opportunities there but i do agree uh it's something that a lot of brands come to us for and say like how do you guys break this sort of crack this nut and um You know, we have a few makeup brands. It's easy with tutorials. It's right. easy with, like, makeup is so into YouTube culture that it's yeah. quite, mm. you know, simple right. and structured. But for a sound or for a speaker company, it's like, what the hell do we do here? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So I, I feel your pain. Yeah. Uh, it's a tough one. Yeah, and I think, I mean, my reference has always been Moment. You know, the yeah. like the lenses yeah. for smartphones. And, like, yeah. they basically had an in-house vlog team, right? Yeah. Vlogging. Mm constantly and giving yeah. advice and like becoming actually an authority in yeah. tech gear yeah which is kind of creator space as well though right like youtube has so many creator yeah. you know pockets so it's easier so maybe it's that like it's really could be music creators could mm. be that sort of thing right could yeah. be that you know those people that are creating events or creating you know things that require sound maybe that's like an, an interesting angle but yeah. but i agree it's a tough one on the organic side like super tough it is i mean it, it quickly becomes It could book our creative team for a good portion of a year to like do yeah. it. Probably, I think is is our biggest roadblock. But yeah. I really like the music, and, and that's also what we're doing on TikTok. Yeah, I mean, the amount of like illegal mashups and you know yeah. songs you haven't heard but you should listen to. I mean, there's yeah. so many people curating music on TikTok, and mm. I think initially we thought dance would be the big thing, but really it's yeah. it's about the music, and I think that's hard ticket. Okay, so dance, you thought that that was going to be something that would be big for you guys. Yeah, because I mean, of TikTok, the dance sort of aspect of it. Yeah, I mean, it's central to the platform. And we thought, yeah, music, yeah, dance is, I mean, yeah. put it in the background and, and it's there like a bang energy drink or whatever yeah. mm. else people put there and it would actually kind of fit organically. But I think it's it's not close enough to the product that it really like drives interest. Yeah. Okay. Um, Interesting. But it could give us some good visibility. So it's, yeah, yeah. we're okay. still exploring. It's still exploring it. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Great. So we're, let's finish up with this question. No, no, we're just not, we have another question. Oh, okay, you have I, another question. I do question. have a question. Do I'm going to throw him a curveball. Okay. Uh, what has been the biggest, like, mistake you've made? <laughs> <laughs> Show me wise. Yeah, or like, yeah. 
or not mistake, but like mm. something you wish like, okay, I wish we would have done this one differently. This Professionally, part. you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to really put them on the spot here. <laughs> there's a long list. I mean, <laughs> there's a long list. I like that. I mean, I think I like our, that answer. our founders were, what, 18, 19 years old when yeah, they started. It was young. like yeah. a party-centric brand, I think. Mm. It's, that's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think the, the era of being party-centric and like yeah. the amount of, you know, I don't know, content that focused around this idea of like being the king of the party and like this right. really macho kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of not, uh, yeah, it's, yeah it's, I guess it's see really, that. yeah, inauthentic. It was forced. For it was yeah. like, I think we still have an element of douchebag perception in certain circles. Yeah. Some of the mainstream awareness we get here in Denmark, yeah. I, I definitely think still. Is that because the speaker gets so freaking loud that it's like, I mean, it, it, it has that aspect. It can easily come off obnoxious yeah, for sure. And I think true. like what music comes out and the fact that it's also 16 year old, mainly guys running around with their speakers mm. trying to like get some attention and like, mm. I think it's very natural and like yeah. that's how young kids should be. But I think it can tip over and it definitely yeah, leaves yeah. it leaves its mark on our brain, and I think yeah. Back then, we really thought that was like what we needed to explore yeah. that part of it. But obviously, with us maturing and the brain maturing, I think we. Yeah. I think it's not a mistake; it's an evolution. And I think mm -hmm. like yeah. yeah, and finding those core customers, and they probably were because they were so out there with the product. It probably helped you guys actually get out there with For the sure. product, 100%. right? So you know when you see somebody in a Christiania bike with it in the front creating a lot of noise that's also good for the brand in some ways right but also a little bit douchey yeah. so it's kind of a mix right like what do you do with that so i think but it's it makes of balance uh, yeah. i like that answer a lot mm. yeah good great one. so where do you think um Soundpost is headed in the future i mean I know a little bit about where we're headed, and I can't and say <laughs> anything. <laughs> but, but mostly, maybe just in the digital space. Then let's yeah. uh, let's keep it at that. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think there are some digital things. Obviously, we have uh, with the newer generations of the of the product, we have an app, mm -hmm. which is a whole new world, a whole mm -hmm. new ocean of of possibilities, especially when it comes to community building. Mm -hmm. I think we've been fairly limited to obviously we're doing offline stuff but otherwise been limited to non-proprietary channels and, and now we actually have a place where people go in on their phone mm. to set up their speaker or set up the equalizer or like yeah. they actively use an app mm. yeah. with a loudspeaker which to us just yeah speaks that there's says that there's a lot of potential um, mm. and i think that's something i know you can use that data for further product development and for further could, tuning of the, the speaker and all yeah, that exactly i think i mean we've always wanted to to kind of establish some sort of forum like a little bit of like a proprietary version of the facebook community groups but where we also introduce the lifestyle aspects of what we're doing mm -hmm. i think that's still an interesting idea i don't think we've necessarily crack the code on how to do it um but like yeah i don't know i think tiktok will be the the next like short-term big investment for us yeah i think there's a huge potential yeah, yeah. we do too yeah, we, yeah. that's why i'm just mean, about to say <laughs> just heard you have a tiktok team yeah, yeah, yeah we've doubled down on like tripled down on uh, tiktok yeah. because i think it's i mean we've been working with it since 2019 but just in the last six eight months we've just seen it's going insane right and every brand 
is wanting to talk about it and has an interest in it maybe not jumping in but they're like you know what is going on here please right. keep us updated so yeah we've been um quite happy with you know doing that and expanding the team and i think we're now four people just dedicated to tiktok which yeah. is quite fantastic um so yeah it's cool yeah. we see a lot there especially on the paid side i mean the paid numbers that we're pulling out of it are not heard like yeah. really great yeah. numbers it's a whole new market so it's uh yeah it's and really the influencers are way cheaper than instagram at the moment because they right. haven't really you know that network don't that, know their worth yeah. well no they do know their worth but i think that they also understand that i also think that some instagram influencers are way overpriced that's right i'm talking to you people <laughs> <laughs> whoever's watching yeah there there's just too many so uh, <laughs> Ari's like hiding. Are you an Instagram influencer? Are you getting paid? Uh, but I think that uh, yeah, there's uh, there's some overpriced ones, but and I think there's some yeah, you could find some really good priced influencers on uh, on TikTok mm. still. I so I think that's uh, that's the nice thing about it. Yeah. Um, so TikTok, it's yeah. just, I mean, the platforms yeah. have fun, and yeah. I think we've also yeah. been a bit serious about our yeah. Somi game. I think we're getting to a place where we're having yeah. fun with it mm. you didn't i know you mentioned that you're also working on brand partnerships mm -hmm. so is there like a brand that you would love to partner with that you think okay this is this would be cool yeah i we, we have a list we've um, just done some streetwear we've done some streetwear yeah. we recently did woodwood and division which and pkl in in paris which i mean for me is yeah really cool they've been Don't on the list for a very long time but i think i would love to do lego yeah. yeah, I would love to go very, uh, yeah, out out on a different That's path. That's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, it's a Danish brain. I think they, yeah. they are playful by nature. I think yeah. Yeah, we've seen some cases of them also doing some very surprising collaborations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would love to see a one-to-one -one sandbox in Lego. Mm. I think it's a great idea. That's the bucket list. It'll happen. I can see it. It's the future. Easy. <laughs> Lego. Yeah. So Lego, if you're listening, <laughs> we'll tag Lego yeah. and say, Lego. we need a full-scale Lego soundbox, right? Yeah. Vote in the comments below. Do you want to see a <laughs> full-scale soundbox in Lego? Everyone's nodding their head here. Yes, we definitely want to see that. So please comment, like, share with your Lego friends. Yeah. And with that, I think uh, we have what we uh, what we need. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Of course. Thank yeah. you for Thanks for coming. It's been really insightful chat. and great. Yes. And it's been yeah. great Looking forward to the Lego soundbox. Same. <laughs> yes. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank okay. you. You don't want to do an outro? You usually do an outro. Okay, an outro. All right. Yeah. See you guys. Take care. Thanks. See you guys next week. Next yes. week we have, what's on next week? Uh, do you really want to reveal that? Yes, I do. What? Because it might not happen. Yeah. No. 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 It might happen, but it just like then you don't. You can't rearrange. I'm gonna force you guys to get it done. It is. What done. is happening next week? It's uh, Salesforce. We have Mike and. We have Mike and from Salesforce coming to talk about communities and how Salesforce uses marketing to sell more CRM solutions. It should be riveting. So, yes, <laughs> great. <laughs> See you guys next time. Like, subscribe, hit the like button a thousand times, hit the dislike button as well a thousand times, and we will see you in the next one. Yeah, thank you for listening and watching. Adios. Bye. This has been the Social Media Sucks Podcast.